Happy 2021, everyone. 2020 was a doozy, but the year is what you make of it. It's all perspective, and at any time, we can choose to flip a negative view of our experiences, personal or global, and look at them from a place of gratitude. There's no shortage of reasons to stress out at the moment, so we felt that we would take a more laid-back approach and make the topic of today's episode a sharing of perspectives we used to have and the wisdom teachings of the just philosophy that have helped transform them into views that are currently held. Ones from an energetic wellness point of view. This past January 1st marked our three-year anniversary in releasing this podcast to the public. Of course, a lot of energy and growth has been put into making this podcast. So if you feel like you have gained some awesome insight, changed a perspective, or this podcast has even helped you reignite that flame with your one true love, an energetic thank you is welcomed and appreciated in any of the following ways. We do have a Patreon account where you can donate a small amount and get access to some behind-the-scenes footage and stay up to date with what we have going on. If that interests you, you go to wise-wise.com slash patron. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can also share the podcast in the standard way, as in sharing a link on social media or directly to an individual who would love it as much as you did, or... You can do something crazy creative, wink, wink, and make a video testimonial with how it helped you. Show your passion. Exercise that creativity. Just make sure to include a link of us so people can find us later. And of course, liking, following, and subscribing to all of our various channels. This podcast is produced on that Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. The more numbers we have, obviously, the more people are going to get an opportunity to see us and then listen. And it's a snowball effect. It just keeps compiling. But we have to do the work at the beginning and make it consistent. And so we're calling on you to help us. So anyway, thank you very much for a great year last year. And now let's all lay down, relax, take a breather, and let's journey. With Aaron and Alexander Uncovering our authentic self Through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility Welcome to the Wise Wise Podcast, everybody out there I am Aaron And I'm Alexander, and we're going to be shaking things up a little bit I want to say first, Happy New Year to everybody Welcome to 2021 the world is certainly getting more interesting. It really is. And uh, by shaking it up, we're going to just take a little bit more of a vulnerable aspect uh, of us giving to you guys because it seems like the world right now is in such protection that that uh, we do want to be you know, that example. So today we're going to share some vulnerability and Aaron and I are going to discuss uh, the way that we've looked at things in the past and how our growth and the just philosophy and the stuff we share on this podcast has, um, you know, has shifted the way we look at things. So, so vulnerability and sharing, I think, is going to be um, the vibe for the day. Yes, Alexander, the world is definitely way more serious at this point in time. And so I do agree. I do love this concept that you came up with. And it allows you and I to be a little more laid back and kind of giggle at ourselves and in hopes that other people can both see how we have uh, changed and, and improved in our perspectives that we're going to share, but also giggle along with us. Yes. So uh, do you want to start off? Sure, sure. I mean, I think it's important for you know us to be able to laugh at ourselves and even more importantly, to be compassionate for our old selves 
which really helps us to be compassionate for others. Because many times the the irritation or the frustration that we carry with someone, a lot of times they're carrying or exemplifying something that we have maybe recently moved past or sometime in our past carried that vibration, that action, that view. And that's kind of the point of, of this episode is to get people to take a different look at that. And when you do feel frustrated or annoyed to, uh, you know, bring in some of that compassion because maybe you did used to exemplify some of these actions, and that can make us very judgmental and dismissive of others, and it also feeds the ego. So that's why we're going to dance and share, and I think for my first one, um, when I first started uh, releasing the veil or stepping into consciousness or waking up, many, many terms are used. One of the biggest ones was, for me, was the more information that I gained, the more so-called responsibility I felt that that need to share with others and whether to to help them or to save them or to fix them. You know, I didn't have any of those words in my vocabulary, but really looking back now, that's more what it was, is that I felt, you know, a certain level of superiority over them intellectually because I had learned some stuff that they haven't learned but it took me a long time to understand how sharing information really works. And I had to go through a lot of failures and seeing, understanding about meeting people where they are and slowly and compassionately giving them information that they can, that they can even swallow. Um, so I'm going to get into the, the different ways that I kind of approach it now, but uh, I wanted to invite Aaron in to like, how do you relate to this, uh, this scenario yeah, when you first brought up the topic that you wanted this podcast to be, this is kind of where my mind went initially because I can see just being on social media where I used to be, where uh, I felt like I had this perspective that nobody else had or very few had, this knowledge, this way of looking at the world, and, and I had to change people because I had to help them. Like, I think the intent was, you know, to help them, but... It also has that kind of masculine, like pushing on to, you know, you like this trying to forcefully change people. And I, and I, I also did it with my family and mm -hmm. I feel like my intentions were the purest there. Cause sure. I'm like, you know, I, I feel like I know what's happening in the world and we have to, you know, I need you to be prepared with me and <laughs> this might happen, blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, try to help the, help them, right, help them. Right. But, and that's where that you know, good intentions or the death mm -hmm. of a wise one came from. And uh, that become something that I worked with for a long time after, you know, being given that phrase just in meditation. And that has shifted the way that I approach, you know, sharing and attempting to be useful. And the other saying that's going to be involved here is, would you rather be right or be useful? And, you know, in the past, what I'm discussing here is that I used to think that I was being both, that, that I was right, they were wrong, and I was being useful. The problem was is that, as we mentioned on almost every episode, all five levels of my being wasn't in alignment, the physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual. It was just mainly in the mental. And it took me a while studying energy and understanding energy that, yes, First, to get someone to shift their perception, I've never really seen it done through force. I've never seen somebody go, oh, I feel this way about this subject, and somebody retaliate and say something the very opposite, and then the first person go, oh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, that just happens so rarely because our ego kicks in. So what I began to see, it was that when you are able to receive someone else's so-called truth because you're so grounded in your own truth that you don't need to defend it that brings up that if you need to defend a truth it may not be as much of your truth as you think that it is because normally a true truth that you feel on all five of those levels there's no need to defend you just live that truth and those that are ready to be in that truth they will they will understand but the hardest thing to get people to see is that all these different ways of seeing things and being is necessary on this plane of polarity. 
we can get away from all of this right or wrong. But to bring this around to be more successful, I found that meeting people where they are, being willing to listen to them, and being still being strong in your own convictions, but not needing to dismantle theirs or not needing to prove theirs wrong. But I call it be able to have an adult or conscious conversation or communication to where we don't have to involve the emotions here. It's fine for us to feel different because people really shift their perceptions when they see examples, not just the teachers, not just the people that preach the word, but the people that follow through and exemplify it day in and day out. So this is how we really get people to change. And right now we're in big conflict uh, in this world, and especially this country. And there needs to be conscious communication going on. And right now we're very far from that. And so when you are able to meet somebody where they are, show you, show them that you will, are willing to listen to them. And then you are able to speak your truth as well, but not in a way to tear their truth down. And then allow that to marinate. Keep those conversations short, leave, and then get back together some other time. And you're, it's a sharing. And if that person doesn't feel pushed with your opinion, they're a whole lot more likely to receive it over time. So I want everyone to just take a moment to think, you know, how do you more often change your perspective of things when when people bring it things to you you know, different ways. And this is a really good one of whatever works and feels good to you more than likely is going to work and feel good to other humans. We don't all communicate the same way and we break it down in our analysis um, using the, the human design and the cards and our different tools. But in a general form, you know, everybody likes being vulnerable when they don't feel pressure. And we change our perception in our vulnerable state. So I think that's very important. And what would you say some of the shifts in this that, that, that you've experienced? Well, before I met you and knew about this type of uh, work and how energy works in these conversations, I feel like I always had this like Neptunish view of like uh, discussing topics that I was into and when I would think about it in my head, it would be like, oh, just, you know, two or three people sitting around drinking coffee and talking casually about it. And like, so when I look back, I'm like, well, that's conscious communication because nobody's attached to something. Nobody is bringing in, you know, activating their what would be in my solar plexus where I feel like an emotional reaction starting. So I, I would have this like idealization of what what it would be like but then the reality was when we when i would get in the conversation when people something would be triggering and that ego comes in and you feel like you you feel like your views are being challenged even mm -hmm. though it's just a conversation and so you feel like you need to get a little louder and be a little more stern or something so i've always had that view in my head but then the reality of it not turning out that way and the first step in me looking at this was was another one of your sayings, which was maybe not everybody is here to do the work, the work or right. or to to know this knowledge that I allegedly know. And you know, or I mean you can fill in the blank there mm -hmm. to what you are trying to bring to that person. Like not everybody's here to do that. And right. that that's a reality. And that that really helps me to not take it personally and to understand that, yes, like I'm not here to know like chiropractor, you know, right. stuff. So, yes. so I, I, you know, why would I want to challenge somebody on that? So just having that realization and accepting that there are certain people who are here to have, you know, said knowledge. And then maybe I would have a little more respect for that knowledge and be like, okay, well I'm here. Then this is something that I need to be careful with and, and only maybe discuss it with people who ask me about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it helps too to have this view to see that growth is a progression and it's not that one stage is better than the other stage. It's just a progression like a, a human being grows naturally. We, we progress, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're better. We, we get taller, we get wider, we get longer, but that doesn't mean that we're getting better and or worse. It doesn't have to have that better or worse 
label to it. And that's looking at things more in a horizontal view than a vertical view. And some people look at things as it goes up that it's getting higher, it's getting better. And I think that's what creates this judgment on the people that are at a level that we have moved through. But that certainly doesn't mean that they're not at levels so-called further ahead of us in other areas, like you said, chiropractor or something like that. So so this is why seeing that we're all important and we are here to have, you know, most of us are here to have an experience of communion and community and partnerships, you know, journeys unite seeking transformation. But acceptance of people's roles and the hardest for most is when they judge it as wrong and they have a hard time accepting that that has to exist. That's the biggest resistance I get, you know, to this philosophy, really. But the North and South Poles aren't angry at each other because they're opposites. Um, night and day do not get in arguments. You know, they coexist, but they're opposites. So when we get into the labeling of whether it's um, uh, spiritual parties, religious parties, or governmental parties, to realize that when you say that you're signing on to a party, you may not ha- even have very much of an idea of all the things that's really listed under that so-called party. So this is why we should caution in in joining groups, joining parties, and that types of thing, and being more uh, connected to our own morals and projecting what we really do respect. Stop putting the energy into tearing down what's not working. And this is different from positive thinking or positive affirmation. It's just putting your energy in toward building what feeds you. And so rather than talking about the things that don't work or that this president doesn't didn't do or this person at your job doesn't do, you know, talk about what you appreciate, like people that do keep the word, people that are considerate of how they say things, how it's going to affect other people. You don't have to judge and try to tear somebody down. You can build the energy up by just talking about what really you appreciate out of people, out of the planet, out of the divine energy, whatever that is. And we're a culture that can get too caught up in um, having the the negative party, so to say, or getting focused on discussing the negative aspects of our opposite rather than just focusing on the so-called positive aspects of of what we want to be part of and the kind of life and humanity that we want to be part of developing. And then every time the energy of frustration or anger tries to take you away, just remember that. How can I use this energy that I used to use anger? I used to feed off of that to go into more conversations to get more angry. How can I find something to be creative, to to create something that's beautiful, that represents the message that I do support, rather than spending the energy and trying to tear down what we view as, as wrong or isn't working? So this conversation just rolled right into my first one, which was the battle of rights and wrongs, light versus dark the whole polarity versus duality conversation, which has become my, my favorite topic uh, and, and uh, pillar of all this work mm-hmm. because I did come from like a religious background and, and I am a mindset that I, I love structure and discipline. And so like I, I'm a person who really takes that stuff seriously, like takes laws kind of seriously in a mm-hmm. way. And so I've had to adjust. And, Isn't that and, your incarnation cross? Yes, of, it has to laws? do with like kind of building laws around um, certain aspects of society. That is an aspect of the human design mm-hmm. for those yes. of you that's new, the incarnation cross. And so I feel like that's embedded in me. So I really took that seriously. So it was a paradigm shifting experience for me to look at this in a different way and understand that, well, both are necessary for each other to exist and that these things, these terms are relative to the individual person because who is saying what's right or wrong. And, you know, that changes based on who you ask. Mm -hmm. So all of these were very deep realizations and they help shift uh, my mindset around this stuff into just accepting the world for what it is. And that even if we eliminate 
like all the darkness, what people would call darkness, the evil in one area of the world, that energy still has to go somewhere. So it's just going to manifest in a different way somewhere else. Yes, it may be a different darkness, mm-hmm. and that may be something that people you know would are willing to accept. But just accepting that we're never going to get rid of it because it it's necessary. Yes, yes, and that's you know challenging for some people, but. From the laws of physics and, and polarity and the way that this earth is actually designed, you know, these positive and negative charges are an absolute necessity for existence. So that uh, changed perception or perspective of how I approached and wound up developing a way to separate duality from polarity, that Duality is the resistance and that there is good and there is bad and that positive is good and negative is bad, you know, until I get somebody to explain it on a car battery. And I say, are you saying that this negative terminal is bad Uh, or is it necessary for the battery to start the car? It's just as important and just as good as the so-called positive terminal, even with magnets that when you put two positive sides together, they actually resist each other. It's the positive and the negative that attract. So, so that's why, you know, many times you'll hear me talk about that the more uh, you dig your heels in or profess loudly your feeling on a certain subject, there's going to be an energy that's created on the other side to match that. And then really... Most wars or most um, discrepancies come down to perseverance. (laughs) You're going to keep bouncing that energy back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until one of the charges gives up. And then that's when that friction stops. But it's a perseverance battle once that that so-called I'm right, you're wrong kicks in. And, you know, sometimes it's the physical person that's the most strong wins sometimes it's the most the mental you know sharpness wins and sometimes emotional energetic and even spiritual so so that's why we're constantly talking about balancing all five of these levels and um and being able to look back on ourselves and and love that aspect of ourselves i mean rather than judge it and saying i shouldn't have seen things that way. I, you know, I could have kept this relationship if I saw it the way I do now. You know, the would'ves, could'ves, or should'ves are not useful. But to be able to look at it differently and not judge your old self is the the optimal goal, so to say. I wanted to give an example of, you know, if you dig in on a certain subject that the opposite is going to be created. I think I mentioned this in a past episode and I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was about, but I think it was kind of like uh, I saw a website that somebody was declaring that strawberries were the best fruit. <sighs> and of course, like in the comments, there were messages about how it wasn't. And so people were, <laughs> were arguing and taking a stand over which fruit is the best. So right. just by you know putting that out there, those people came, you know, whoever they are who didn't agree and felt the need to exercise that energy towards that person or, or to put it out there in that conversation. Right. And that's what, you know, the so-called World Wide Web created the, the platform for, that now they, you don't have to even be close to the same location. So you can get a different view more instantaneous to where, see, it used to take longer to get a different view because the the tribes and the people that live together saw things more similarly. And now it's almost instantaneous. You know, if you look up any word in this world uh, in the computer, you know, you're going to find the, the polarity of it as well. It's going to, it's going to come up. So, so yes, learning to accept that everything does need to exist, but we can choose what we put our focus on that's the true free will instead of trying to annihilate or get rid of the opposing factor and take this to any area of your life people i mean whether it's somebody at school or at work or in government or or yourself because see many times people will do things and then wish that they didn't do it negative habits And the more that you wish that you wouldn't do that and then you do it, you're creating friction. 
try being compassionate with yourself and truly enjoy whatever you're doing that you feel like you shouldn't do it and then start working with acceptance that it's just time to move past it. Work with the acceptance to love what you feel like you shouldn't be doing because you're doing it. So go ahead and soak it in. But work with acceptance that it's time for it to come to an end rather than trying to overcome it, to beat it, and see if you don't get different results. I think many people are going to relate to this, but I've experienced and reason I'm speaking as passionate as I am about it is because I have failed so many times in the past at what I'm talking about. And it took me so many failures, and that's what, you know, once again, uh, I why I look at failure as just an opportunity to grow. And I say all the time, I don't see failure as anything negative. Many times we can't grow without failing. So see, just changing your perception of the definition of that word. And I use it a lot to get reactions from people. And when I say, oh, I failed at that, but I learned this, 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 many so-called positive people will say, oh, don't say that you failed. And I say, why? Didn't you feel the energy? Or you just attached to the word. Because, see, there was no negative energy when I said that I failed. Because it excites me that there's something to learn. And so this brings us back to, like, word association. And what, as you said in the beginning, what uh, so-called right and wrong, good and bad, you know, means to different people. And I think that's the, the next step of the conversation, is just to be open for people to explain why they think this is good. But truly be open to hear it. And in it, you will probably hear some hypocrisy the longer they talk. And so this, this is what shows that most things that are being defended, they're not really prepared to defend it on all five of these levels. And somebody that is, they're able to speak on it in all five of those levels being relaxed. And they're able to take it to even a different view and manage that. And yeah, just to wrap this up, I felt uh, this one was extremely important to uh, my path to energetic wellness because if I'm constantly battling what's right or wrong, it's going to be energetically exhausting. And so I think that this is why this is one of my favorite because it was it had the biggest impact on my overall wellness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, and, and it's certainly one of my favorite. All of course, all five is the five that changed my life and. Um, and the way that we utilize them to to just basically use these pillars that we're talking about to bring you back to a center because we get knocked off in life and we get we do get tired and hungry and emotional and that's why these are such a big part in the foundation of this whole philosophy is that for me I learned that if I go to any five of those it changes my perception and brings me back to balance or center right away but there's there's five of them so you can start at number one that Basically, everything's in divine order, whether we understand it or not. And you can just go through the next one, polarity or duality, and just keep going. And for most people that I've ever experienced that has worked with these at all, certainly by the time you go through all five, you're going to be in a different space than you were. And you can do that in a matter of less than a minute. Um, they're they're very short sentences. And so... So utilizing those is very important. Of course, we have uh, past episodes that go into different levels of depths explaining those. Yeah, so go ahead and share your uh, second so one. So my second one is, you know, really going out there to the givers. I am a giver, and, you know, I, part of my design, my cosmic makeup is to be that giver, and that's why I am uh, living a life of service and have shifted my life to you know, to support all aspects of, of that service. But many givers aren't good receivers. You know, many givers that go into trying to be of service to others, they're challenged with like how much to charge for their services. There are many good intentioned people get burned out in so-called assisting people before they ever get to a point to be able to make a living at it. Um, because it really, it can take some time for that transition to happen, you know, and the need to, you know, to just overhelp and overgive and tax ourselves from that, that outlook that, you know, as long as you're giving to others, even if it's depleting you, it's still a good cause, you know, to, 
to really look at that when we deplete ourselves for someone else, is that truly for the highest good of everyone involved? For me, myself, I had to go through all of the pains of everything I just shared. And, you know, some of the things that all for now, I started out as a suggested $5 donation. And uh, now it's grown over the years. But um, I, I had a problem with feeling strong in what I had to offer was worth monetarily. And it was part of my spiritual path as well. And many people I feel like can get caught in that, that that money isn't spiritual uh, or there's something tainted about money. But we have to remember, you know, the the fifth and final um, pillar is everything is vibration. So money is just another form of vibration. So, so all you givers to really take the time to receive and to re- realize how much you deflect. And I, just this past weekend, I had a, a wonderful client and we were talking about that and uh, that same subject about how people that deflect and don't receive well, they can be overly judgmental with the people around them. And so we, uh, we were leaving and she said, yes, I need to work on receiving and not deflecting as much. And we, as she was leaving, I said, you know, have a, a, a beautiful rest of your day and a very peaceful weekend. And she goes, oh, I doubt it will be peaceful. And then she went, see, I did it again. And, and we get in habitual patterns because that's exactly what that was, was deflecting. It wasn't even giving the possibility for something different. And we we continuously recreate those kind of moments by not allowing the energy to to change and so so making sure that you're receiving when somebody you know opens the door for you that you you don't just say thank you and keep moving through but you take a moment to feel like what that really feels like for somebody to take the time to open the door so this is an energetic connection that you're looking to make and and the better that you receive the better of a giver that you become and we're not talking about, of course, selfish receiving. This isn't selfishness. And most people that have a problem receiving, they wouldn't see it that way. So that uh, big shift of how I used to feel so much more empowered giving and exhausting myself than I did receiving. And now, you know, I'm grateful to say that I I really focus on both on a daily manner and really work to make sure that I am receiving as much as I'm giving. And that connects again to the beginning thing I brought up about kind of meeting people where they're at. Because, see, if we're not willing to receive, sometimes people are very drawn to give to us. And when we don't receive, then they're not able to be a fulfilled giver. And if you can imagine everything that you want to give, somebody just not receiving it. And that can become a responsibility to see that it's really a cycle that's happening and it's a beautiful cycle but normally people are on the polarity sides of that they're either over giving or over receiving yeah and our society of course uh promotes giving and doesn't really discuss receiving i mean i think it is kind of seen in the negative light if if it's overdone Yes. Um, but there's no like healthy receiving that's ever talked about. Yeah, it's not really talked about. Yeah, and and I of course I've struggled with that same thing, even even to the point where like how you were describing your client, just kind of deflecting those little statements at the end. I I think I actually still do that a little bit. But the way or my view changed around this was when we recently did an episode on karma, and you talked about the karmic cycles, and we kind of get into the destiny card system and and how that system kind of does go to show you um, what your karma cards are and how one certain energy or card is your giver and then you uh, receive from that person but then also give to a different energy. So it's not just about giving and receiving from one specific person. It's like you said, a cycle, but more of a... um, a web. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so I call that like global reciprocation rather than individual reciprocation. That some of us, like even in intimate relationships or just friendships, uh, it's very rarely that it's equal giving and receiving. The majority of the time, there's one person that is there to give more to the other in a certain area. Once again, we got those five levels. 
So sometimes people would come together and one person is supposed to help the other one in a spiritual or religious supportive area. And maybe the other person is helping person A with uh, a living situation, something physical that is helping them emotional too. And so so see, we we isolate that that giving and receiving way too much. And I think keeping the focus on, once again, these five levels, it helps to to kind of sort that out. For instance, you know, I've recently had uh, a Zoom session with someone um, out West, and they were sharing with me a new relationship that they were in. And she was very dissatisfied and said that she's been short. She's really kind of a little irritated and angry at him, but she didn't want to be, and she didn't know why. And we went through a lot of this stuff that he's just reminding her of places that she's been and she's grown past. And that was very opening for her. But at the same time, I went through a list of these five levels and I said, physical attraction, you know, is it so-called good or bad? Just rate it as high energy, neutral or low energy. And, you know, and she said, well, that would be high. And then I went through mental and she said, no, we talk a lot and I enjoy talking to him. So it was a check. Then we went through emotional. Has he been there during emotional breakdowns? Oh, yes, yes. He's emotionally supportive. Okay. Then we went through spiritual. Can you guys talk about, even if you have different views, can you talk about it easily? And she's like, yes. And then I said, energetically, you know, do you feel comfortable like around him? And like, she said, yes. And like after we went through all five of those checklists, it gave her a tremendous amount of ease and a different view. And I said, you know, after going through those five levels, you may see that a lot of this is your projection and that actually he is a really good fit and very supportive for you. And this is that was just a good example of how we can we can get too too focused on our uh, being a giver or being a receiver or playing a certain role and to see how this all really fits together and that many times what is irritating us about somebody else once again is a projection of ourselves. That one again kind of brings it into my next one which we're realizing that my emotions are not me and I still feel like that in some aspects is still being taught out there that you're that you need to feel your emotions because they are you Mm -hmm. and in this philosophy it's kind of looked at a little differently that that your emotions are a a product of your your past training your subconscious uh, past traumas that you have in reaction to what's going on your environments yeah in, in reaction to what's going on uh at the current moment in your environment and even when you're you are having an emotional reaction in the moment, it usually is tied to something that has happened in the past that if it's that may need to be healed and, and looked at. Yeah, because I mean, from the basic most basic premise is if you don't have anger in you, then nobody's gonna elicit anger. You would you would react or respond differently in that situation if you weren't already carrying anger. That's why people fail to see many times that the the present situation, like you were saying, is not the actual situation you need to put focus on. It's why it elicited that reaction. And to go in and see what are you angry at? Like what when you think about just why why would I be feeling angry? Just see what the first thing to come up is. Normally you will be answered if you intently sit and ask, you know, and that doesn't have to be full-blown meditation, but just be willing to ask the question out loud and then be patient to wait for an answer to come. But that, uh, that, that patience is something that our culture continues to struggle with, of course, more and more and more. And we are coming up on like the five-year anniversary of us meeting. And that was actually, I think, the first quote of yours that I ever put on my social media was Mm -hmm. that it just blew me away that the fact that you can't express anger unless you have anger somewhere inside you because not that I thought I didn't but it was just a realization that you know somewhere inside me I have this anger and I don't know what it is but if it's coming out then it's there's there's a reason inside me yeah because I mean most people approach emotions out of sight out of mind they think that if they're not thinking about it, then they're over it. And that's very, very incorrect. 
Just because we're not exercising it does not mean we're not storing it somewhere, you know, in our body. And this view of emotions, I wanted to expand on it just a little bit before you continue that I like it to raising children and that if you just look at your emotions as they are children that were mistaught by your family, by your community, by your government, by the school system, they've been taught how to react, so to say. And that's really what emotions are is what we've picked up throughout our lives and that they can be managed just like children or so-called problem children can. And normally problem children are gotten through with communication and somebody that they can trust. And emotions are very similar. We have to practice not reacting and then seeing what the external situation is connected to in our past and go back into acceptance and forgiveness instead of being that victim because that's what's holding us in that emotion. So I think that's very important to make that relation between the emotions and children. Yeah, and I I was a very angsty teen <laughs> when I was young, and I would like listen to music to bring out these emotions in me. And I really like I thought that I thought that was me. I self-identified with my emotional state and I right. felt like that was living. Like that's how you felt alive was feeling emotion. And so it did take me a while to understand that as you describe, like love is really the only feeling and the rest of the time you're most likely emoting. And to make that difference um, in how you describe that is really important. And one thing I I did want you to explain is uh, some people have said that like your emotions are real and, and to, to make that point to yourself that yes, what you're feeling is real, but I think it's like what you do with it then after is, is the most important part. Yeah. And, and the way that I'll explain that is it's like real means that it's your truth. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. So you don't it's your wanna, truth in that moment. Yeah. You don't want to shove it down. You've got to be willing to change that truth. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, anybody that's looking to change something like racism or something that's been through their family, you know, they have to accept that, no, this is in my family, and now I'm going to choose to start looking at things differently. And so it is about that acceptance. I call it just acceptance that it it exists and it is real. But this isn't my real truth. This isn't my reality. Because emotions is what in other cultures they call maya. It's the illusion. It's what keeps you in the illusion of this play of life. But in the moment of the emotion, you think that it is your reality. You think that it is your truth. And you will defend that truth when you're emotionally charged, no matter what, in that moment. But then more than often... You will look after the emotional reaction and you will regret how you handled that. And you will see it more clearly after the emotional release. So this is why this philosophy is all about emotional processing, emotional response, but not emotional reaction and dumping onto other people. That's what keeps the vicious cycle going. So, yes, we embrace the emotions and we do recognize them as extremely important, but not directors. Just like children's opinions are very important people, but they're not necessarily supposed to be directing the adults, but the adults should be willing to listen to the children's opinion. And that's the way that I see emotions is they're just childish opinions of the way to view something that I'm experiencing. I can accept that, oh, from time to time, I'm going to have a childish view of what I'm experiencing. But then I'm going to look to go back to my parent, which is the higher self, the conscious one inside of you that you can develop to simply forgive yourself and then say, yes, this is what this is connected to, and we, we, need, we need to do some forgiveness over in this area so that this won't continue to be a trigger for us. And that we call this, you know, just emotional responsibility and accountability. And it's one of the, the pillars as well in that every situation can and every person can be your teacher if you choose it, but it doesn't have to. So seeing these, yes, emotions uh, similar to children, and my 
my hope for humanity is that people get more interested in self-development before they have children. Because if you develop yourself and learn to manage your emotions, guess what kind of parent you're going to be? You're going to be an optimal parent. Where most parents, unfortunately, have the opposite experience to where they change when the pressures of parenting comes in, and many families are divided because they haven't learned to manage their emotions. And again, this is not about stuffing. This is not about detaching. This is about processing these emotions. There's always a right time, a right place, a right person, a right duration to have these releases. We have a vast number of topics that we've covered in previous podcasts. Just look through our catalog. Maybe I'll even link a few in the show notes. Uh, but Alexander, you want to lay down your third? Yes, the uh, the third one for me is um, loving people the way they want to be loved rather than the way I want to love them. And this is a, a constant with just about anyone that I speak with that most people are frustrated even in love, uh, that they they try and they do things that they feel like the person will appreciate, but it doesn't get received the many times that's because the person is showing their mate or someone else the way that they want to be loved. So, you know, somebody that likes to get presents, they buy someone presents. But that doesn't mean the person they're trying to love wants to receive love through presents. So, you know, taking that moment to really be aware of something that's simple. Just pay attention to what somebody you care about does for someone else to show them that they're important, they're loved. And that's the sign of what they want you to do for them more than likely. And we're too busy trying to give, whether it's love, whether it's information, whether it's help, our way, rather than the way the other person will receive it. And I was extremely guilty of this for so long. And see, I'm not ashamed of it. I don't judge my past self. I just smile and go, you know, it's nice to see where I've come from. And it's so unfortunate that that some people throughout my life had the enjoyable experience of misinterpreting my actions because they were always pure, but now I see they didn't always get across. And so that's why I have so much compassion for you know, people that are trying to show their mate that they they care or even a parent or a child. But we can, once again, help dissect all that through getting a human design or a, a card reading. You know, especially together, it really helps to dissect yourself and how you receive and give optimally. And then you can bring in your partners or your family or tribe's information, and uh, we can help you to understand how they receive optimally. But through just... Paying attention will go a long way. And if you see that your mate likes to buy flowers when they go to someone's house, then guess what? The next day you're coming home from work, stop by and get get some flowers for for your house Um, because that she's showing you or they're showing you that that's what's important to when I go to someone's house, I take a gift and I like to take flowers because it brightens up the home. You know, that's a big key to Put that in in your little phone or your notes and say, hey, next time do something special, just pick up some flowers randomly and take them home. I feel like when this is misunderstood, it can often lead to, well, I'm just not good enough. Like what I do isn't good enough. Yes. Because it's all just a misunderstanding. It is a misunderstanding, and that's, that's what hurts my heart the most is there are so many people, especially the masculine energy that's tr- attempting to become softer. Many times they will try and they'll do like maybe what somebody else suggests and buy some candy and not even realize that their partner or person they likes on a diet, you know, and then it's like, well, yeah, that could be a good gift, but you didn't even pay attention enough to know that I'm not eating sweets right now. And then that person just goes, just forget it. You know, I, I, I tried. And that's the toughest thing to experience is when you do see somebody that it's hard to try, that they try, but it blows up in their face and then they give up. Yeah, that, I mean, what what would you suggest doing if you're that person on the receiving end where somebody gives you a gift and you know that they 
you know, their intention was pure, right. but it's not and something this is, that you resonate with. This is a great, great question because this is just as important from a responsibility standpoint that when you're receiving to realize if this person did go above and beyond their level, not your level or not anyone else's level, but their comfort level, that's what I feel like should just be a gift, not what the actual gift is, but just that they went to the effort beyond their normal capacity to give effort. To me, that's the true gift, not what the quality of the gift is. So it's going to be helpful as we continue to shift in our consciousness to get more to people's intentions rather than their words and actions. And I'm going to say that again, that to pay attention that it's really more important people's intentions than the words they choose or the actions they do. Because many times the words or the action is hindered by insecurity, by traumas, by many things. But that intention is pure. That's the beauty that I see rather than it for our future, for those that want to see it, is that a person's intention is very, very important. And we should learn to love that attempt and then simply say, this is incredible. I can tell that you stepped out of your comfort zone and I'm going to really enjoy eating these, you know, after I get to the weight that I want to get to rather than just saying you didn't even pay attention that I'm on a diet, you know, and then that person may go to that next step when you don't crush them. They may say, well, uh, yeah, I didn't catch that you were on a diet. What would have been something that you would have really liked? And then it could have been just, you know, anytime pick me up some flowers. I really like fresh flowers around the home. So see, that's the way that that dance can go if there's no ego hit or any triggers flipped. So there's an equal responsibility on both sides. Well said, well said. And I guess as we're getting near the end of this episode, I'll throw out uh, my third here. Um, the idea that the ego must be killed or eliminated. And actually, I I posted something on social media asking, you know, would you rather be right or helpful? And I had a response on there. Somebody responded and uh, talked about the ego being brought in to that conversation, but then said the ego need to be killed. And I, I just linked uh, our episode that we did on this subject about the ego and just said, consider giving this episode a listen when you have time. And, uh, you know, that was uh, accepted uh, and received well. Uh, so, um, so of course, we have done an episode on this as well. And it, in that episode, I, had, I went into it not knowing and still having this view because in spiritual circles, this is something that's common, commonly said that sure. the ego must be eliminated. We don't need it, but it does serve us a, a good purpose. purpose. Yes, yes. And seeing that, you know, learning to manage that, but that is the part that keeps our will to live is connected to the ego that when something threatens us as truly dangerous that we're able to respond and and react in a way to you know save our lives and of course it was more useful in primitive times and now we've just uh we we just misuse it a lot and we allow it to take us in directions that are um, deteriorating rather than life-saving so so yes the there is a need for the ego um, but it is, and that can be that all-encompassing eye that I was talking about that parents the the children or the emotions, the childish emotions, that that, that ego can be that the strong one, but that it always looks through compassion, that they're, whether they're dealing with people or they're dealing with uh, emotions, it's a compassionate view. And so see, that the ego can be compassionate. It doesn't have to be defensive. That's that's why it's 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 necessary for us to be alive, but it can be very wise and it can manage things very well. Yeah. And you've often talked about it just being a tool that you call upon and sometimes and I've uh, related to this as uh, one experience that I had where I felt that, you know, the world was going to a place where like our food was becoming more and more kind of not as pure as mm -hmm. it could be in the supermarket. And, you know, I had view perspectives that there, there was really no attempt by like government entities to, to help with that, to help save it from being pure. And so like my ego came in, I'm like, well, you know, if you want me to eat poison, 
then you know I'm not going to do it. So I brought in the ego and maybe said some things that were you know to myself internally that were over dramatic but it got me to put my energy into eating more clean like i made an intention and i was able to stick to it because i i did utilize that ego to come in to do i mean i did create like a uh, duality right. where it was like me versus whoever is trying to stop me <laughs> right. but it did help me you know on the physical level at least um start eating more uh more cleanly yeah, and, and and i mean yeah speak to that i mean is that a healthy yeah, thing? yeah i think to do? That, that to see that that that's incentive like when you take it to anger or or frustration you you like on a on a sports car you've got uh on the rpms you've got a green space and then a yellow space and then a red space and the the ego properly working is in that that green space and it may oscillate slightly into that yellow space. And that's where like incentive comes like, no, I'm going to stop depending on you to provide my food and I'm going to learn to plant my own heirloom plants and go back to the original uh, products. And fortunately we have that right and that ability to now. So, so seeing that just that um, I think visual of the RPM gauge and when it gets into the red, now you're into anger and now you're into frustration. And just like in a car, if that goes long enough, it will blow the motor. But it's damaging something that any time that it's in the red. And that's what our so-called negative emotions are. They take us past that healthy point of ego, of of compassionate surviving, which doesn't mean individual surviving. It means for the overall good of everyone involved but with an authority to make a change like you did with your food, but not get into that, that yellow or red to where it starts to get frustration and then it's anger because that's what starts to deteriorate. Yeah, I do love that visual because I, I did. I was checking in with myself to be like, did I ever get angry about it? And I, I don't think I ever did. I think I kept it at that level. And again, like I wasn't sure bring, even bringing that up in the past if that was something that was healthy to yes, do or to utilize. Because this is even the beauty of competition. Like competition doesn't have to be eliminated. Once again, it's part of polarity. But it's just to incentivize the other. It's not to destroy them. It's not to, to tear them down. I mean, when, say, two players on the same basketball team play against each other, they have the opportunity to see that, no, we're always on the same team. Even if we're playing against each other, we're just strengthening each other's skills. That's not always the view that's able to be taken. But we can see that at a human level, that even though we have different views here, we can incentivize each other to grow in all five of these different levels more and continue to to raise the vibration of our discussions. But we never have to take it into that field of judgment, into the yellow, into the red, where frustration and anger comes in. That's not the necessity. So see, the ego doesn't have to be something negative. Competition doesn't have to be something negative. It's just our perceptions. So very rarely is the issue with the actual event that's happening it's really just with the perceptions of the event and that everyone has different perceptions based off of their life experiences. And so this is where compassionate that we all need to see everything the same. I'm saying, no, we don't have to all be on the same team. That, that can't work on this plane of polarity. But we can respect the other team and we can play and do our best and when we lose, we can shake hands and we can realize what we learned. And then there will be a next time that we will we will dance, so to say. And it doesn't have to be winners and losers. It can be incentivizing and strengthening one another. Yeah, and, and I'm a very competitive person myself. And, and that can even creep in to my self-development work where it becomes, it goes into that red and becomes self-judgment. Sure. And so I'm definitely guilty of that and still working on that. So I did mm-hmm. want to just bring that in just as a reminder to anybody else who's very competitive and trying to beat yourself at self-development. Yeah. Uh, it does take time. You're not going to win the race, uh, yeah. I promise you. So, you know, this has been uh, a lot of fun and uh, I really enjoyed uh, this uh, level of vulnerability and sharing, you know, sharing our stories and, and where we've come from, what we've learned and and uh, seeing those different levels not higher than the other, but more parallel and side by side, just in in different uh, rows, so to say. And I think that uh, hopefully 
the information we shared today will assist, um, you know, a lot of people in the times ahead because we certainly are increasingly uh, having interesting times. Yeah, and if you guys out there uh, have a friend who also listens to the podcast, maybe try this out together. Think of things, uh, you know, viewpoints, perspectives that that you've grown past or changed over time and share them with each other because you never know what you can learn um, from your individual experiences. Absolutely. And as always, any of you that really feel like this uh, work is helpful to you, uh, please reach out and either share it with people, um, help us out monetarily on our patron page, or just, you know, talk about this work and the growth and uh, let's continue to expand our tribe and our community. All right, everybody, stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, 
and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verities Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment and sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.